the last two weeks, we've been talking about all the crisis swirling around us, and I basically ditched the last series. I, I, I told you last Sunday, we're done with that series. We're going to talk about the coronavirus because it's upended our daily lives. Uh, it's increased our stress levels. It's given us reason to fear and worry and have anxiety, and we're going to talk about all those things. So two Sundays ago, we talked about Matthew chapter 8, where Jesus calmed the storm, and then he told the disciples, do not be afraid. And then last Sunday, we looked at Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus told his disciples, do not worry. Um, this Sunday, I want to kind of back up just a little bit and ask the how question. Because, you know, I mean, it's one thing to hear, don't worry and don't be afraid. But how do you do that when everything around you is telling you to worry and to be afraid? And so basically, what I wanted to do today was, was run this material through the, the yeah, but how question. And that's some advice that I heard an older pastor say probably three, four years ago, said, you know, every message, at the end of the message, you ought to ask the question, yeah, but how? Like the purpose of preaching is to give people hope and inspiration, but also to give people tools to practically apply it to their lives. So when you say, don't worry, yeah, but how? Or you say, don't be afraid, okay, yeah, but how? And so we're going to ask that question today, and I've got somebody that's going to help me do that. Abby Utter is joining me today. She was already scheduled to preach today, but it was going to be a different topic. And I've asked her to, to bump that topic, and we'll have her back another time. And uh, today I wanted her to just talk about how do we restore calm? How do we deal with the rising levels of anxiety and worry that we're dealing with right now? And uh, Abby's a licensed professional counselor. She's got a bunch of acronyms after her name. She's done a lot of study in this field. Uh, she's helped a lot of clients process through this individually. And I think she can help us. I, I think most importantly, Abby is a believer. And so she views therapy through a lens of spirituality. And I think when you combine emotional health and spiritual health, some really amazing things happen. And so, Abby, I want to thank you for pivoting and considering yeah. a different topic and joining me today. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be with you in this way, online. Um, I'm glad that we all get to gather in a way, uh, virtually. So thanks for having me. Yeah, so <laughs> let's jump in. So first question, it's kind of the obvious question. Yeah. So Jesus said, do not worry. And Jesus said, do not be afraid. Yeah, but how? Like, how do you how do, you do that? Yeah, well, it's complicated. Um, so maybe we can back up okay. and yeah. talk about... How, what happens in our bodies and our systems when we're under stress. Okay. Um, so we're under stress right now. We've got the pandemic going on. We've got um, financial stress going on. Our routines have switched around. People are out of work right now. Some people are at home with their families, just kind of cooped up. So stress is really present yeah. right now. Um, so I want to maybe get a little nerdy. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. fine. Um, so just bear with me. I'm just going to talk a little bit about what actually happens in our bodies when we're under stress. Um, it's really amazing to me how our systems are set up to protect us when a threat is present or maybe when we're possibly in danger. Um, it's really cool that our systems know how to protect us. Um, right now, we're, we're in some really threatening times, and so your bodies may be actually speaking to you, telling you, 
yeah, there's stress going on. And so the ways that our body does that is um, a couple different ways. So one of the ways is when our body perceives a threat or danger, um, it releases cortisol in the body and um, kind of lights up the sympathetic nervous system. And when this happens, we go into a fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. And what fight or flight can look like is a lot of anxiety present in the body. Sometimes it can also look like people being really hyper aware, being hyper vigilant, also kind of ready to act and move. So right now, people are probably feeling like they're in fight or flight mode. Yeah. And what that can look like, and maybe even some of your bodies and some of your systems is um, maybe feeling the need to over prepare, maybe feeling the need to over help, maybe trying to keep busy, keep up with the news, be distracted. Um, and so that's one way that your system may be lighting up and responding to, to the stress that's present right now. Another way yeah. um, is our bodies sometimes when things are so overwhelming, we go into freeze mode. And so what this can look like is the body really going into like low mobility, um, really low energy, really low motivation. And when this happens, um, a sense of helplessness can set in, sometimes a sense of um, hopelessness and even self-isolation. And if this is the case, um, then you know you might see someone in your life kind of hunkering down and, and being in their rooms and shutting the doors and not trying to connect. And so the point of talking about these two responses to stress is that um, they are really helpful bits of information for our bodies to for us to know about our systems. Um, the the thing that's hard about being in these places is they're purely reactionary. So it's us kind of being in gear to respond to stress. Um, the problem is it takes us away from being choiceful, from being mindful, from being really centered and able to make clear choiceful decisions. Yeah, so as you're talking about those yeah. things, like I'm thinking of examples. Like yeah, the, sure. The, the first week of the virus was, we, we all like went stocked up on food. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of that fight response. We're gonna fight that by, you know, planning for the worst. And, and, and in my, like, I'm having family meetings about, you know, the budget. And, you know, we gotta, we gotta put together our expenses and what are we gonna do and how are we gonna, and that's part of that, that fight response. Mm -hmm. And then I've had some of the flight response too, I think, when Governor Lee announced that the schools were gonna shut down through April 24th, uh, I heard that announcement as that's the end of softball season. And that's, yeah. you know, that's really, I love softball season yeah. and Hallie and I love doing that together. And so I was in a funk that night. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, like so just kind of shut down that night because it impacted me in that way. So I've seen that like mm -hmm. in my life, you know, either I'm over preparing, over planning, watching the news too much, or just totally shut down and, yeah. and all yeah. of it. So the question is like, how do we, when we sense that happening, mm -hmm. how do we deal with those emotions? Like how yeah. do we respond to that? Yeah. Well, and the cool part is this is information that we get to listen to and respond to. Um, but these simply are emotions and they're, um, they're valid right now. 
Um, just want to say that because I think a lot of times we feel shame for feeling some of these feelings, but, but it's real. We're feeling loneliness. We're feeling grief. We're feeling fear. We're feeling angry. Um, but the emotions are really just information and they're really just giving you some sort of, of information about your system. And it's really helpful to have emotions, but I think a lot of times in our family systems and, and maybe just culturally, we've learned to not feel them yeah. and to push them down and to, to just avoid them. Um, and so one of the things that I often talk to my clients about is just this, um, it's a quirky little acronym, but um, it's feel, deal, and heal. Mm-hmm. And um, it can be really helpful like as we're talking about processing what we're going through. And so the first one is is feeling and so when you get the information from your system that you're feeling an emotion i think one of the most important things to do is name it and feel it and so it like i said it's just a bit of information it's just telling you something that you need in your system and so first naming it and then secondly like it kind of once you've named it and once you felt it you get to move to more of the dealing um place. And so in the dealing place, um, there's two questions that I like to ask myself that I like to even invite for my clients is, what is this feeling letting me know? And what is it letting me know that I need? And so there's a real invitation there to respond to our system in a way, um, kindly and lovingly, so that we can actually meet some of our own needs. one little caveat, like this is going to take a lot of practice. It's not just going to come naturally yeah. to people. But um, one thing is if you're not feeling and dealing, you're probably pushing things down. Mm-hmm. And they're going to, like, your behaviors are going to come out maybe a little sideways, maybe a little passive aggressive, maybe a little aggressive because you're stressed if you're not feeling your emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a couple ways that, like, I've found to deal with emotions, kind of to help me move from a place of stress to more of a place of calm. Um, One is like just some mindfulness. So being present, um, coming back to a moment, like watching a candle burn, enjoying a a cup of coffee, sitting with your family and just laughing, um, petting your dog, like going for a walk, but coming back to the moment because I think Sometimes emotions and and even life can take us out of the present, and then we get stressed. So reinviting yourself back to the moment. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of that sounds similar. I briefly touched on that Mm -hmm. last Sunday, Mm -hmm. like the, you know, why am I feeling this and what am I feeling? And that's kind of that. Yeah. What, what do you call it? Feel and deal. Feel, deal. Feel, deal, heal. Heal, yeah. So that, that feeling, is, you know, Brene Brown called that rumbling with your emotions. And I was reading a book this morning, mm-hmm. actually, Clay Stro- uh, Scroggins, who called it being an emotional detective. Like, just learn to be a detective about your emotions, about, you know, what am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling it? And I can, I can say from personal experience, there is uh, some peace in just naming it. Yeah. Just saying, I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling... 
angry or I'm feeling sad, you know, just, just naming it because like you said, it will come out sideways in other ways. Everybody mm-hmm. around you can tell mm-hmm. that you're experiencing some kind <laughs> yeah, of emotion. You're not dealing with um, so it's better just to name it and get it out in the mm-hmm. open and then mm-hmm. deal with it. And that's actually a biblical practice as well. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was thinking about Jesus experienced all the emotions that we experience. You see the emotions he experienced in the garden of Gethsemane. You see it when he cleansed the temple. Uh, Paul in Romans chapter seven talks about, you know, I do things that I don't want to do and I don't do things that I do want to do. And and you almost see Paul kind of rumbling with his emotions and feelings like, why am I this way? What's going on? But the the passage that Clay Scroggins referenced for me was uh, Psalms 42, 5. And it's King David. And he says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. And yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. And so you almost hear David kind of like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling so down? Why is my soul so disturbed? But yet I'll put my hope in God. So it's kind of this wrestling between I'm feeling these emotions, but I still want to have faith and I still want to put my trust in God. And so that my next question is that, like, how do you do like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling the emotion and I'm dealing with it, mm-hmm. but how do I heal? How do I get yeah. connection with God and my, my faith? And, you know, how do I find healing? Yeah. I think it's a process. I think it takes time, and yeah. I think um, we really have to build these skills of, of listening and allowing ourselves to, to have the emotions mm-hmm. and to name them, um, but, and then responding to them lovingly. Um, but I, I think part of our process of healing is, um, is not doing it alone. I think okay. a lot of yeah. times um, we try to just shoulder things and just push things in and push things down. And really what that does is it, it just buries things. And so I think one of the most important, most vital ways that we can heal is through connection. Mm-hmm. Um, connection to each other um, and, and connection to God. Um, one of the things that, um, it's another nerdy thing, but um, they found that eye contact with another person, with a safe, loving person that's close to you, can actually like calm the nervous system, oh, yeah. which is really mm-hmm. fascinating. Um, but just the connection with another person, and right now I know we're all kind of isolated, but um, I think one of the ways that we get to heal ourselves and even like, create some really sweet relationships is is unloading some of our burdens with each other and and laying it down at one another's feet mm-hmm. um and then you know another way to um of connection is the lord is is with us um he knows when we feel lonely he knows when we feel angry he knows when we feel burdened and um he makes it really clear, I think, over and over and over again in Scripture that he is with us. Like, yeah. he's, he's here. He's, he's with us. And so when you feel lonely, I think we get to reach out to him. When we feel burdened, I think we get to reach out to him. When we feel angry and anguish and sorrow and despair, we get to reach out to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and that's the example you see all through the Psalms. Yeah. Because I think the Psalms are like, they're, they're very realistic. They paint a realistic picture of emotions. And, the, you know, the writers, King David wrote a lot of them, but, you know, they're, they're talking about their frustrations, their despair, their anguish, their fear, but they also call out to God and cry out to God. And what you mentioned, 
you know, connection with others is a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, even if the connection is via Zoom, you know, Roman's oh, teacher, yeah. second grade teacher, Joy Marie, did a Zoom call yesterday. <laughs> he loved it. Like, he yeah. built his whole day around that Zoom yeah. call because he got to look his teacher in the eye and he got to look all his friends in the eye. And so, yeah. even if you're home alone, reach out to somebody with FaceTime or Zoom mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it is. But you talk about that mm -hmm. connection to God, too. Like, God is never, God never leaves us, and God is with us, mm -hmm. and uh, He's especially with us when we feel these feelings. Yeah. How do we, how do we stay connected to Him? Like, how do, how do we make ourselves more aware of His presence, I guess yeah. is the best way to put yeah. that. Because He's always with us. So it's not like God has left, but sometimes yeah. we're more aware of His presence than other times. So how do we make ourselves more aware of His presence so that we have some of that peace and calm? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I've felt a lot of anxiety the last few weeks, yeah. um, a lot of loneliness, a lot of um, just confusion and grief, like plans getting canceled and not getting to see mm -hmm. people I care about. And usually when I feel a feeling, I like to move into like controlling it. Um, yeah. I like to move into, mm -hmm. okay, what's the plan? How I've do I? I've never done that. Before. What? <laughs> I'm, never, I'm not a controlling person at all. No. There's nobody in Me the room. Either. No, There's no. nobody to contradict that now. So <laughs> now I know exactly what you're talking about. When yeah. we feel a heavy emotion, we want to yeah, reach out grip and grip it and, yeah. and manage it ourselves. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, for me, I, I've caught myself doing that lately. And um, I've just been reminded, like, every time I feel like I have a grip, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't. Like, there's more uncertainty that happens, and there's mm -hmm. more, like, unfamiliarity that happens, and it's, it's hard. And so I think um, when my fear is present, I've been reminded, like, I have a choice right now. Like, I get to to live in this fear and try and keep the control or I get to like really surrender into yeah. the promise that the Lord is with me. And, and I think what that looks like for me is, um, just like laying it down, surrendering it, maybe even getting on my knees, like in prayer. Um, and this, this God with us really brought up some scriptures to me. Yeah. Is yeah, it okay absolutely. if I share some of them? Yes, please. Um, so Isaiah forty-one ten. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my mighty right hand. And then Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Romans 8.38-39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then uh, finally, the one that is constantly inviting me just to surrender is um, Psalm 4610, which is, be still and know that I'm God. Um, just the ultimate invitation for us to rest yeah. in his promise that he's with us. And right now, more than any, it, it feels like that's the invitation for us just to surrender to our faith. Yeah. And that, you know, Psalms 4610, I just happened to have my Bible open to Psalms 42 because that other verse mm -hmm. I read, but, and, and I opened to 46. And that's the last verse of that Psalm, or the second to last verse is, be still and know that I'm God. The first verse is this. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, 
Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And so that whole psalm is kind of like just trust God, be still and trust God. And that psalm ends with the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So, I mean, you had an idea about a way to practice that. We talked about it on Thursday or something this week or Wednesday sometime. Uh, you, you mentioned to me a prayer that you do or a way of praying. And would you mind sharing that with everybody? Yeah. Um, I think we all pray in different ways. Um, but I think one of the ways to bring us to calm is um, really just allowing ourselves to be without any words, without having to do anything or perform or hold anything. And so what this reminded me of was um, the centering prayer. And um, it's, it's, I'd like to maybe just invite right now. Um, yeah, let's, I think let's close with it. Okay. I mean, yeah. if you would just kind of lead us in that, because I think that, that Psalm 4610, be still and know that I'm God. It's, it's really hard for us to do the first part of that. Yeah. I mean, that being still part, because yeah. our lives are so chaotic and hectic. And in some ways, the coronavirus has made them more chaotic because we're all at home. We're all working from home and everybody's doing school at home. And so this time right now on Sunday morning may be one of the few times of the weeks mm-hmm. that we have to be still. So yeah. let's, let's just be still and remind ourselves of who God is. So if you would lead us in that prayer, I think that's the proper way to close. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So this will look a little different. So maybe find a place in your house um, where it's quiet and comfortable. And and we're really just going to take a few minutes of silence here together. Um, But I want you maybe in your place just to, to close your eyes. And imagine a place that you go. Um, to really feel connected to God. Um, Maybe it's a place in nature. Maybe it's a place in your home. Maybe it's imaginary. It can be anywhere where you really feel like God is with you. And once you have that place, maybe just take a minute and let yourself really rest and, and get comfortable in this place. Embellish it. If, if you're in nature, make the flowers a little brighter and the sounds a little louder. And you may notice your thoughts taking you away from this moment, maybe some distracting noises. Um, but maybe find a word that will continue to bring you back to this image of, of just you and God and his amazing loving presence. Um, And so I'm just going to let us be for a minute in that place and just allow yourself to breathe, to relax, and to let God really just come in and take care of you. Um, Anything that you're carrying, just lay it down and just let him come in and surround you and hold you and give you peace. So we'll just do that together for a minute.
can go as long as you like. When you're ready, maybe come back and just notice what the Lord spoke over you, maybe even what he nudged you in, maybe what you just received from his presence.